listening to First Church Charlotte. together. We're going to read in uh, Proverbs chapter number, chapter number uh, 22, and we will uh, try to uh, get the auto lock turned off on my iPad here, and uh, my notes keep disappearing after two minutes. That's, I blame my wife for that. And so there we go. All right, Proverbs 22, and we will read at verse number one. This, of course, is the writings of the wise man. Thank you, fine sir. The, the writings of Solomon. And so Proverbs chapter number 22, and we will read at verse number one. A good name. Somebody say a good name. <clears throat> a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished by humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. And so uh, this passage here is, of course, uh, one of the great proverbs of the Bible. I want to talk about this, this, this value of a good name, and I want to try to bring out some light and understanding upon it, and you might be surprised where we end up. I might be surprised where we end up. Before you're seated, smile at your neighbor and say, pray for the pastor. It's one of those days. <laughs> You enjoyed that too much. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> let me catch those of you who have missed Wednesday night Bible study up. Uh, let me catch you up here a moment. The last two Wednesday nights, I've been dealing with the moment in the scripture where the rich young ruler comes to the Lord and asks, you know, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord response to him is, of course, you know, the issue of who is good. And then he asks, have you kept the commandments? And the man says, of course, I am a black belt in commandments. Now, he didn't say that, but you get the idea. And uh, the Lord says, oh, I see one thing that you lack. Go sell all you have and give to the poor and come and follow me. You guys remember this moment in the scripture. And the, the rich young ruler goes away quite sorrowful because uh, he wasn't willing he could not see a future for himself where he would be happy and yet have given up all his wealth, all of his uh, money, shall we say. And this becomes a teaching moment in the scripture and the Lord points out this issue of how if we really are involved in the things of this world, it's, it's uh, almost as though it wars against our ability to be involved in the kingdom of heaven. And the Lord says it's difficult for a rich man to be saved. He doesn't end the story there. He says, with God, all things are possible. That's really good for you guys because you're all rich Americans. Don't give me that look. Just because you're not in the 1% of the world 
I mean, of America doesn't mean you're not in 1% of the world. Uh, you, are, you are very, very wealthy by much of the world's standards. And with God, all things are possible. Can I have an amen? So the first Wednesday night, I did part one of a series I didn't know I was doing uh, called Let's Talk About Money. And then I did uh, the second series, last Wednesday in the series that I didn't know I was doing called Let's Talk About Value. And so today I want to entitle this, let's talk about money. No, let's talk about Jesus. So let's talk about money. Let's talk about value. Let's talk about Jesus. All right. How in the world am I going to get from one of these positions to another one of these positions? Whenever I do Bible study, everybody has their own style of Bible study. I, I know I have friends that love to go to sleep listening to uh, the King James Version read on a audio cassette or on a podcast, and 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 that's great. Um, I don't. I I don't go to sleep that way. I, I try to be mostly awake when I read the Bible. I find that that helps with comprehension. <laughs> um, you do get some good sleep listening to the Bible muttered in your ear. It's very soothing. Often you can find very good sleep in the prayer room. There's a lot of peace in the prayer room. Uh, if you have never slept in the prayer room, I want you to know you've missed some of the finest sleep in your life. Some of you sleep best when you hear Pastor Nate preaching. <sighs> It is though I soothe you. I'm like Linus's blanket. I wrap around you and you say, oh, all's going to be well. If there's any bad guys, Pastor Nate's going to get them. And you sleep better than ever. Uh, I, I like to be awake when I read the Bible. I like to be thinking, but I don't like to read the Bible fast. Some people like to blow through three chapters and then check the box and then go outside and they're like, hey, hey, I've been saved, sanctified. I'm holy, 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 holy. Read three whole chapters. That, I, that is to me, you want to make me crazy, make me read the Bible fast. I do not like to read the Bible fast. I like to read the Bible slow, irritatingly slow, contemplatively slow, reflectively slow. I like to read the same verse multiple times and I think about it. And then I find myself in my car driving and I'm thinking about it. And then my wife is talking to me and I'm ignoring her and I'm thinking about that scripture. And she says to me, you're not listening to me, are you? And I said, uh, yes, I was. But I also was thinking about this scripture. <laughs> you see you see what's happening here. Uh, we all have our style. That's a good thing. You should read the Bible in a way that fits you. Uh, this isn't about doing it my way or me doing it your way. You should spend time with the word. Can I have a big amen? You should think about it. You should apply it in your life. Some people like to sing the Bible. It's real. Uh, in the, uh, a lot of the Jews will sing scripture. Uh, and in the, Jew, the, the religion, their, their faith, they, they literally will sing scripture. It's, it's perfectly a good thing. Some people like to meditate. Whatever you do, do it. That's the point. But when I get a context in scripture, I get stuck in it. And I think, and I think, and I think. So uh, the first sermon in this series I didn't know I was doing was this issue of money. And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I couldn't get past it. I thought I was done with it. I wasn't done with it. So I added another Bible study lesson to the second Wednesday night. Let's make a difference between value and money. And I thought about it and I thought about it. And, and, and this week I, I, I thought I was done with it. I was happy to be done with it. I was quite relieved. I had washed my hands with it and was ready to go to Mark chapter 11 and be done with it. And yet 
It's sitting in my head thinking about it because I read one scripture in the Bible and then my head literally exploded. That's why I'm headless today. Uh, One scripture in the Bible. Put me back into this moment where the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord does a summation. And this rich young ruler who thought he knew what his life was about, he thought he understood his personal philosophy of faith. He actually didn't. And the Lord Jesus Christ put his finger upon the very thing that this man really had built his values upon. And then juxtaposed or put it side by side with who he thought he wanted to be versus who he actually was. This can be terrifying. This can be terrifying when someone wakes up to the life they've really lived, not the life they thought they were living. So much of regret in life is the result of us not living true to what we thought we cared about and what we thought we valued. And then life wakes us up. And for the first time, we see how who we thought we were was not who we actually allowed ourselves to be. I want to issue a challenge to all of you today. I want to say that within you is the most noble version of you. Within you is the most spiritual version of you. The guy, the gal that you would actually be proud of, but you're not going to become that person for free. You're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to pray for it. You're going to have to fast for it. You're going to have to say, I am not content settling for just any old version of me. God has chosen me to be a part of his kingdom. Therefore, it behooves me by the mercies of God to pursue the kingdom of heaven here on earth, not just my wishes, wants, desires, and lusts. There is this war going on within all of us who God would have us to be and who it's easy for our flesh to be. And the process of a spiritual journey is us going again in prayer, going again in discipline, going again in spiritual hunger and saying, I'm not who I ought to be, but I'm not quitting. I'm trying again today. I'm pushing again today. I'm praying again today. Maybe I'm not where I ought to be, but I'm not giving up. So what is this one scripture I read that kind of blew me up? Uh, It is this text scripture that we read together uh, where the Bible says, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. A good name. Somebody say that with me. A good name is rather to be chosen than riches. Hmm. Why would that blow me up? Okay, so uh, when translators take Hebrew and converted into a language, they have to worry about more than just the exact meaning of words. Because words are tools, and therefore tools are used in many different ways. Uh, If you've ever worked with your hands, 
you develop a, an, a relationship with your tools and you like to use certain tools to do certain things. If you invite someone else to do the same job, they will not use a circular saw the same way you used it. They'll use a jigsaw where you used a circular saw. Or they, you get the idea. They will use tools according to the way. So it is with language. We have certain words that we use. Most of us only use a, a few hundred words for 90-something percent of our communication. Uh, and so it's natural for us to use words as is comfortable. The problem is, when I ask you to say what I just said, you're going to use slightly different words because it fits for you. Now, when a translator translates Hebrew into a language, which the Old Testament is Hebrew, uh, they naturally choose words that they may not be the exact meaning or location, but they will convey intent. The goal of translation is understanding. Somebody say understanding. And so when you read it, you try to have an understanding of the text, but in the Hebrew, it may not say that very thing. In the Aramaic, if it's New Testament, if it's Greek, if it's New Testament, it may not say that exact thing. So hopefully I'm taking you on a journey of understanding uh, here for a few moments. Uh, you see this, this, this text we read, a good name, more valuable than riches. If you read that in the Hebrew, it would read differently. Good is not in it. I know. Think. Pause. Take a breath. Drop a pen. Good is not in the scripture. The translators added it for the purpose of understanding, do you see? Did they do the right thing? Absolutely. They're not wrong when they do that. But when the, right, the, the, the speaker, Solomon, wrote it or spoke it and it was written down, what the scripture actually says is a name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Now, what did he mean? He meant how you're known. He meant identity. He meant how people view you. And so the translators, getting it right, not getting it wrong, said in English, it won't quite read with the same clarity unless we add this adjective and we say a good name. Somebody say a good name. A good name is to be chosen over riches. Well, let me tell you something. They were right to do it, but when you understand its original intent, there is a depth and a beauty and a gloriousness to it that comes to light and a manner that only uh, somebody who is a lover of Jesus can understand. Because I would remind you that for almost all of Hebrew uh, tradition, uh, there is no name for God. There is only titles for God. Now you see where I'm going. There is no name for God. There is only titles for God. But names are powerful. Names convey identity. There is within the history of, of humanity's reach to understand the supernatural. There is over and over in almost every different culture, in many, many different uh, backgrounds, there is this common theme of the power of a name. This is not a Christian idea. This is a human idea. The power of a name. Let me 
remind you of something that is true of all humanity, all religions, all cultures. They call it a true name. A true name is that identity whereby the thing itself knows itself. Now, I'm not giving you doctrine. I'm not even giving you truth. I'm giving you at this moment understanding into human nature. From the beginning, we have believed in the power of knowing the name of something. Perhaps the first understanding of this is when God gave Adam the task of naming every animal in the garden, and Adam was responsible responsible to give everything its true identity. This was related and associated with dominion. Somebody say dominion. Dominion over the earth that he had been given. And so over and over in, in, in history, over and over in religion, over and over in mythology, is this concept, this idea of a true name. All of Greek mythology is full of this this idea. Uh, when uh, Apollo Phineas uh, in Homer's Odyssey uh, reveals his name, he thus loses his power. I'm going to skip all of these legends, but there is a thousand of these, and it's not just from mythology, not just from history. There is a sense of the power of identity shown to us in the scripture. You will remember that when the Lord is understood to be associated with the Most High God. It is the name that is associated. And John says, in the beginning was the Logos. Genesis begins with, in the beginning was the Logos. In the history of Jewish faith, this idea of the true name of God is very much respected. In fact, it is so take, it is taken so seriously in the faith of the faith, uh, the faith of the Jews that they will not even speak the name of God lest they blaspheme. But in our faith, in our gospel, we are given a promise that God is going to give us his name. All my ministry, I've been a lover of the name of Jesus. All my ministry, I've been a lover of the name of Jesus. Every chance I've gotten to preach a message on the beauty of the name of Jesus, uh, I've preached it. I've preached uh, uh, as many messages as I could put together. I learned all these songs with the name of Jesus. And and I used to preach and I'd put those songs in there. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music to my ear, the sweetest name on earth. I would sing that, and then I would sing, Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. I want you to be proud of Jesus. I don't mean just as an article of your faith. I don't just mean as a religious person. I want you to be proud of Jesus for what he did in the human story. I want you to be proud of the philosophy that he birthed into the cruelty of human nature. I want you to be proud of the ethics that he founded within the human history and the human story. I'm here to tell you, I'm going to celebrate Jesus as long as I live. I'm going to sing about Jesus. I'm going to call upon the name of Jesus. I'm going to whisper Jesus. I'm going to celebrate Jesus. Let me say it this way. 
A name is more to be valued than great riches. Oh, y'all didn't hear me because you're in the 9 a.m. service. Let me say it again. A name is more to be valued than great riches. You see, it is this name through which we have eternal life. I said it is this name through which we have eternal life. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. A name is more to be valued than great riches. Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Go sell the stuff you have. Give it away and come to me. I can't do that, Master. That is a bridge too far. Okay, where you were the one who said you wanted to talk about eternal life. You're the one who brought up the subject. I'm just giving you a path. A name is more to be valued than great riches. Let me tell you, you may feel poor here today, but if you have the name of Jesus in your life, uh, you are richer than the richest individual on this earth. Let's talk about Jesus here a little bit. It's more than just a religious story. It's more than just a history book. There is no other name that has the authority of the name of Jesus. There is salvation in no one else. There is no other name in all of heaven for people to call on to save them. Acts 4 and 12, living translation. If Mary's son, oh hallelujah, was supposed to be called Emmanuel, why in the world did did she name him Jesus? Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Let's call him Jesus. Wait just a minute, Sister Mary. Haven't you read the scripture? Don't you know that he's supposed to call Emmanuel? Well, uh, Jesus means Yahweh saves. Emmanuel means God with us. Therefore, where God dwells, God saves. That's why you ought to invite him into your life. That's why you ought to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in your heart. A name is more valuable than great riches. Let me tell you, do you have a name here today? Yes, I have a name. Is that name worth anything? That name is worth everything. That name is the greatest value in all the world. If it means I need to sell all I have and give to the poor, it's worth it because a name is to be valued more. What makes that name valuable? Hallelujah. What makes that name valuable? Well, when I pray in Jesus' name, there is authority placed upon that prayer. John 14, and whatsoever ye ask in my name. Somebody say, in my name. That will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if ye shall ask anything in my name, I shall do it. Listen to the wise man. A name is more valuable than great riches. Not only that, as a preacher, my preaching can be a whole lot of hot air 
if I'm not careful. I can just get up here and make the error that James warned us of and just talk about everything and blah, blah, blah about everything and have opinions over everything. And when I get done, people say, that was mostly about Jesus, but it was about a bunch of other stuff too. I've heard more than a few messages like that in my life. I didn't know if I was at an NRA celebration or a Republican convention, or I, I, I didn't know where I was. And I've been at a few places that sounded the other way. You see what I'm saying? I, as a preacher, have no power in myself. In case you are surprised, I did not levitate into my riches here today. I put them on one leg at a time. Just like other men. Don't say right. You weren't there. You didn't see. You got a camera in my house. My goodness, it's getting sad around here. I have no power in myself. Do you see what makes preaching powerful? Luke 24 and 47. That the repentance and remission of sins should be preached, how? In his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. I want you to see a name is more valuable than great riches. If you're sick in your body, you can stand with Peter and say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Or Acts 3 and 16, and his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong. How did this miracle happen, Brother Peter? How did he go from sitting by the gate? How did he go from leaping and running through the name of Jesus and faith in the name of Jesus? This man has received his healing. Oh, deliverance is in his name. We have testimonies in this house today of deliverance in the name of Jesus. And we see scripturally in Acts 16, Paul turning to the demon-possessed girl who followed him day after day and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And that very hour, that demon came out of her. Not only is there power, authority, and healing, but as we have already celebrated that there is salvation in this name of Jesus. We are baptized. We're going to have some baptisms here today. We are baptized in the name of Jesus, and it's even worse than that. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, Colossians 3 and 17, do all in the name of what? The Lord Jesus. In the name of who? The Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Hear me. In the Old Testament, we are given titles of God. We are given terms of identity of God. They are often referring to his promise, and they are often referring to his uh, attributes. Therefore, this tremendous celebration in the Old Testament of the attributes of God that are of his, that are names of his attribute. And so he becomes Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah 
Jehovah Rapha, you get the idea. These are names of attributes. But if you want to know who God really is, you have to see that within him is a desire, a profound and identifying desire to save his creation. Within his heart is this desire to help broken souls that bear in their very creation the breath of God. And he looks at them, and unlike some of us, he does not sneer at them. He does not get angry at them. His heart breaks for them, and he loves them. Let's say you understand the dignity of God, and you always are dignified in your thoughts of him. Yes, you have acknowledged some part of God, but you are missing the central attribute, theme, and identity of him. Let's say you celebrate uh, the, the, the truth of God. Yes, he is the way, the truth, and the life, but you're missing some central core element of who he is. Let's say you always celebrate the holiness of God. I, I know people like this. They, they are infuriated by anybody who does anything that doesn't meet with their approval because they are zealous for the holiness of God. And that's fine and that's good for them. But let me tell you, they are missing some element that's foundational to who he is. And that is this. When God sees his children in the mess they have made, all he wants to do is save them. He wants to move heaven and he wants to move earth to save them. And that's why over and over in the scripture, you will see this common refrain, and there's literally scores of scriptures that say this, where something is done, something is promised, something is given for his name's sake, for his name's sake. Why did you make a covenant with the elders and the patriarchs for his name's sake? Why did you bring the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage for his namesake? Why did you build a nation among your covenant people for his namesake? A name is more valuable than great riches. Why were you born into a world filled with hatred, pain, suffering, competition, strife, war? Why? For his namesake. Why did you heal the sick, open the blinded eye for his namesake? Why did you carry a cross up to Golgotha's hill for his namesake? Why were you crucified? Why did you die for his namesake? Why three days later did you come out of that tomb for his namesake? What's his name? Jesus. What does that name mean? God will move heaven and earth to save you. But I'm a wreck. Heaven's like, oh goody. Come on, we're getting ready to have a party. Just repent. And for his name's sake, he's going to cover your iniquity. 
A name is more valuable than riches. So let me tell you the truth. You know, by third world nations, I'm wealthy, okay? By American rich world nations, I'm solid middle class. But by heaven's standards, I'm a billionaire. standards I am of all men most blessed and so are you so are you a name is more valuable than great riches so I want to challenge everybody in this house to make sure you take on the name that is above every other name. It is power to your journey. It is victory over your past. It is renewing for the broken pieces. It is hope for an uncertain future. It is protection for your children that you love. It is strength for the family that follows you. It is joy in the middle of sorrow. It is worship in the middle of loss. This name is more valuable than great riches. And so... I choose in my life to celebrate the name of Jesus. As a church, we celebrate the name of Jesus. As a church, we speak it, we sing it, we preach it, we testify it in your life. And I speak it over you right now in the wonderful, powerful name of Jesus Christ. Let's all stand. Would you step out of the chair you're in right now? We're going to have an invocation moment here in this house. Just, just our guests, feel free to come with us. We just gather around the front. We won't embarrass you in any way. You're perfectly, you're perfectly okay. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, what is trouble look like to you? What does trouble look like to you? You want to think on that? What does pain feel like in your life? Everybody has pain. Everybody has pressure points. Those pressure points are, <laughs> oh, they can be so troubling in our lives. You can be well-adjusted in every other area of your life, perfectly sane, but the moment somebody puts their thumb in your pressure point, you go straight crazy. You can't take it. We all have pressure points. Yes? We all have areas that we just, it's like it's a slow healing wound. I got hit right here on my side, and it's one of those deep, deep uh, 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 bruises, you know, you get sometimes. And uh, for all week long, you can poke me, hit me anywhere, but if you poke me right on this bruise, I don't care if you're a four-year-old little girl <laughs> who only weighs... 40 pounds. She, she weigh 40 pounds? 25 pounds. 35. 35 pounds. Pancakes get you up there. You can be a 35-pound little girl and a big old overfed full gospel preacher like me. 
And if it's a pressure point, that little hand pushes it. And you go, hey, hey. Some of us live that way. Some of us are living that way right now. There's a lot of areas of your life you've got organized. You've got tied down. You're all squared away. But there's a few areas that someone put their thumb right there and they might as well poked you in the eye. And you're just like, ah, ah, ah. You have to go pray through. You have to go get your spirit right. You have to forgive them by the act of your will. And you don't want to. And the only reason why you do, because you know if you don't, then the Lord won't forgive, forgive you. And it's all about self-preservation, honey. There ain't a good spirit in you. You know. That's what pressure points do to us. They fill us with pain. They make us sensitive. You know what I want to do right now in the pressure points of your life? I want you to acknowledge them. And then I want to speak the name of Jesus over that trouble. What are they for you? Can you offer that to the Lord right now? Lord, this is where I'm living. This is what I'm facing. This is what I'm looking at. I'm offering it to you right now. And I want to speak the name of Jesus right in that situation. Right in that pain. Right in that that broken piece of my life. I want to speak the name of Jesus right there. I don't know how you're going to fix it, God. But a name is more valuable than great riches. And I've been given the wonderful, powerful, life-changing name of Jesus. We receive it today. We receive it today. We receive it today. Right now, would you praise him all across this house? I want to thank you for healing us, oh God. I want to thank you for healing us, oh God. There's so many different insights. There's so many different paths that you can go when you preach on the name of Jesus. Really, it's 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 like going to one of those monster buffets where you can eat all you want, and there's just like 900 items. When you preach on the name of Jesus, there is just a, it's just endless. So I wanna I wanna leave you with this one. All right, this is just something to take with you. Uh, if you want to make the name of Jesus even more powerful in your life. Find a way to gather together with two or three other people and celebrate the name of Jesus. That's why the church is such a blessing to us. Not because the church is perfect, it's not. But because it becomes the place where if two or three are gathered together in my name. Yes. So, that issue that's been heavy upon you. Do you have a prayer partner joining with you in that issue? Have you, have you found somebody and said, will you pray with me on this? Have you joined your faith together? Two or three gathered in his name is a assurance that the presence of God is in the midst of you. Emmanuel, God with us. And if Jesus is there, <laughs> he is a savior. So where God is, God saves. Lord, I pray for your people. I pray your anointing upon each one of them. I pray, Lord, that we would walk close to you and near to you. I pray that we would have the joy of your promise in our life. I pray that we would live a celebration of your name to truly live 
a life that is a celebration of your name. I thank you that we are not just given titles. I thank you that we're not just giving the uh, attributes. I thank you that we're not just giving promises. I thank you that we are given your name and we celebrate the name of Jesus in our lives. And everything we do in word or deed, we do it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. One more time, would you clap your hands and praise to the Lord? We worship you, oh God. We magnify your name. We bless you today. Amen. Amen. A couple things really quick. Uh, if you have uh, been attending and you have not gone through the personality test, which is the last class in First Steps, where you do the personality test, uh, I encourage you to come to the one o'clock class today. Today's lesson four, and they're doing the personality test. It directly attaches your personality to ministry opportunities in the church. And so you probably didn't know that you were a goofball. And if you come to the class, you'll find out uh, that you have a lot of humor in you. God bless you. We love you. Be dismissed in Jesus' name. Have a great week. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come join us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road at the corner of Shamrock Drive. Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and Bible Study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Online, find us at firstchurchclt.com or like us on Facebook or Twitter. We hope to see you soon. Come worship with us.